You are listening to the Beyond the High Road podcast with Shelby Milford, episode number 63. Stay tuned. Welcome to Beyond the High Road. Hey guys, we are going to be talking today about having difficult conversations. I was doing the notes before coming on just now, and we could have, this could be a like three-part series because I was thinking that it really just depends too on who we're addressing, like who we're having the difficult conversation with. Coming from the many difficult conversations that I think that we have all had, with our attorneys, guardian ad litems, therapists, our exes, our children. We could have this conversation for days. There's so much to talk about, but I figured because of the holidays coming up and it's just that kind of that time of year when we're engaging with people that we otherwise maybe wouldn't be interacting with. And then also this time of year, we as parents experiencing alienation, Emotions just tend to run high for so many different reasons. Okay, so we as human beings, I haven't done the research on this, but I feel like it's hardwired into us to want to be right. Maybe I haven't thought that all the way through. I'm sure it's hardwired into us to want to be right because we want to be able to predict. That is our tendency. And so when we're not right, then that infers that our predictions weren't right. It's a domination thing too. Being right, being the one who wins is a false sense of power actually. But we all go after it anyway. And when you're in an argument with a significant other, especially, I'm sure you have been there, you know that you're right and you feel like you need to fight until the end to prove and make the other person that you're in conversation with, I wouldn't even call that really a conversation, but that you're arguing with, make them see that you're right and possibly even have them admit to you out loud that you are right. Do you know what I'm saying? It is like, no, now just go ahead and tell me I'm right. Tell me I'm right. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. I know. (laughs) I told you so. That is, I think it's a competitive thing with us and it can be humorous, but it also, most of the time, it is not productive. The back and forth on who's right, maybe the playful kind, but when you are really going at it with somebody about who is right, who is wrong, they need to see my way. What ends up happening is that by wanting to be right, I'm only speaking, by the way, before I even continue this, I am only speaking about and to you because you're the one that's listening to this or watching this, whatever you're doing. We cannot change the other person. And you are the only person. We only need one person to be applying what I'm getting ready to tell you in order to have a successful, difficult conversation. So you don't need the other person to comply with all of this stuff too. A difficult conversation, if done, quote unquote, correctly, is actually an opportunity for you to become closer with the person you're in conversation with. It's an opportunity for you guys to grow closer, for you to get to know each other, for you to be vulnerable, therefore connecting on a deeper level and having that intimacy. 
And by intimacy, I'm sure that you know what I mean, that you can have intimacy with your mother, with your sister, with your brother, with your father. It doesn't matter. Intimacy just means that there's a level of connection that is much deeper than maybe you had before or that you have with somebody else. So any difficult conversation, any uncharted water really is, is an opportunity for deeper connection. But when you prioritize your need to be right over your connection with the person, with what you ultimately want, with, for, even from the other person, which is trust, intimacy, then you block that from happening. You effectively block that because your need to be right causes them to be defensive, you to be offensive, or vice versa, right? And then so nobody's connecting anywhere. Instead, you guys are just butting heads, right? So you never really get what you really want out of the conversation anyway. Unless, of course, like your brain will want to tell you in those moments, well, all I really want is to be right. Okay, well, you can do that. But do you really just want to be right? Because being right, getting that, I want to say cheap satisfaction, like that quick, instant gratification of being right, like, ha, I was right. They even told me I was right. It is a cheap, quickly fading sense of false power, false satisfaction. It doesn't ever last. I mean, it rarely lasts, I should say. There are those competitive friendships that you may have had since college or high school or whatever, or even like a sibling rivalry that can be of that nature. But I'm not addressing that right now. What I'm addressing right now is these difficult conversations and the need to be right in those. This goes against pretty much everything that we intuitively would want to do. But this is the way that works Tried and true, I promise you, every time that I have applied this, and I apply this now to all areas of my life, okay? So I know that this is going to sound ass backwards. It's going to seem like, what are you talking about? But I'm telling you, just stay with me here while I provide the, the, this example and then how you do this successfully so that, because the goal here is, I'm assuming, the goal is always for me to walk away feeling good about how I behaved in the situation and feeling good about my reasons for behaving in the way that I did, right? That's really truly in the end what I want. And maybe if there's some gained closeness connection, then that is a bonus. But ultimately what I want is to feel at peace and good about how I've shown up what my reasons are for showing up that way. This is pre-conversation with them. It's best to remember a couple few things. Other adults get to act however they want to act, and they get to feel however they want to feel. That is on them. And that is good news because then you don't have to try to control that, which Seems like not fun because bummer, we can't control how other people feel about us or what they say about us or how they act towards us. But at the same time, it's such a relief because then that gives you the opportunity to have much more agency over your own self, take responsibility over yourself and what your actions are and what they do is what they do. Again, back to the boundaries episode. But if you are repeating a story to yourself that they should be behaving differently if 
they want to be in your life. That story is hurting you. And that's what I want you to know first. And I can feel you guys right now through this screen being like, but I'm right. But they should act differently. But they should do blah, blah, blah. But they should want to fill in the blank. I get you. I'm not saying that I don't agree with you. I'm saying that that story is affecting you in a way that's not comfortable for you. And it's probably not productive, effective for your ultimate goal. Okay. So you believing that they should act differently is only causing you unnecessary suffering. They are acting the way that they should act. Like what Byron Katie says, how do we know something should be? Because it is. It already is. When you argue with reality, you lose but 100% of the time, which is also Byron Katie. Basically, don't go into any conversation, whether that's the conversation you're having with yourself about them or the conversation that you're getting ready to have with them. Don't go in expecting them to change. They're not going to change. If they change, it isn't going to be with like a lasting kind of change. And it, they might be going in kicking and screaming if they do do the change. And unless those people are your children, like your young children, and even in our situation, I still don't think that's a good idea, then you probably don't want that. You don't, I know that most of us don't really want other people to do things for us if they don't really want to do them. I can remember like being really young and in my one of my first relationships and being so mad at my boyfriend for not wanting to do the things that I thought that every boyfriend should do. I don't even remember what the things were. I'm sure they were like ludicrous. But I can remember being so upset with him that he didn't actually want to do those things. Even though he was doing them, I was mad because he didn't want to do them. Most of us don't want other people doing things like in vain against their will. That sucks. That sucks for everybody. Don't go in expecting them to change. And when you're telling yourself that they should behave differently, you are going to keep yourself miserable. Okay. So that is um, one. You will want to tell yourself, you will want to tell them, you will want to tell me maybe even right now that you are right, that they behaved really poorly, that they are doing really shitty things. I get that. I Again, I do not disagree with you on that. Whatever it is that you're saying that they've done, I'm not saying that you're not quote unquote right. What I'm saying is you're continuing to go down that route about something that's already happened is causing you pain. And you expecting them to be different than they are is only going to cause them to throw up their defenses or go on the offense, depending on what the scenario is. Nobody likes to be told what to do. Nobody likes to be told that they're not enough or they're not doing it right, okay? Even if that person is acting like a complete dick. So you won't get far by trying to get them to change or get them to see where you're coming from if that is your only goal. So yeah, this is all like your pregame. If you've got this thing that happened a while back and you've been like, replaying this story and you're so mad at them and you're finally ready to have a conversation, this is the kind of stuff that you think about and consider before you go in to that conversation, okay? So you don't want to go in mad. 
I think that's just a no-brainer. It's a given. Don't go in mad, frustrated, aggravated, any of that, or feeling like a victim. So if you are in that place where you're feeling like they did you wrong and now you can't do blah, that place, then I want you to empower yourself before you go in to have the conversation with them. Okay. Take responsibility for your own emotion. They didn't cause you to do blah, blah, blah. They did something and you thought something that caused you to feel blank. So let's say you feel betrayed by your sibling. Let's say you feel betrayed because your sibling went to lunch with your ex and you didn't know about it until you found out from a third party. So you feel in your mind, you're like, they did that. I feel betrayed. You remember from last week, we went through all of this. So that was the perfect setup for this. So instead of going into that conversation, having that difficult conversation where you're like, you went to lunch with my ex without letting me know. You kept that from me. You lied to me. You betrayed me. You guys can all imagine how that would go over in a conversation with somebody, telling the, per the other person that they're a liar, that they betrayed you. Chances are that shit is not going to go well during that conversation. And chances are walls are going to go up, defenses, offenses, war, and everybody walks away in a place. Okay. Lots of tears, lots of yelling. Bleh. So instead of repeating that story to yourself, they betrayed me, you could opt to neutralize your story. Your story is they betrayed me, right? Neutralize that by, because that's pretty activating. If I think they betrayed me, I actually feel activated and I don't, that story isn't even true for me. Okay. So instead you want to pull only the facts. This is for you pre-game, pre-conversation. All right, so what? why do I feel betrayed? What is it that they've done? Give me exactly, like, you want to be very specific. The facts are always neutral, and they rarely have adjectives. So how did this come about? Oh, right, so-and-so told me that they went out to lunch. In your mind, you're going to say, they've had plenty of opportunity to tell me, and they never told me. We talked on the phone five different times after that. In fact, we had lunch the next day, and they never told me then, and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're going to have all of this other story that goes along with it. But the fact of the matter is, what caused you to have a story, sibling went to lunch with other parent, you were not notified. They didn't tell you. That is a fact. Everybody could agree on it. It's a neutral statement. Now that you have the fact, why does this bother you? I'm making this mean that they're not supportive of me. And as a result, I feel hurt. Now you have agency. You have taken ownership of your own emotions because you have established that it's a story you have about what they've done that is causing you to feel a certain way. So now when you go, you can attempt to have a productive conversation with them. What I try to do before I ever go and have the conversation, I ask myself what it is I'm trying to accomplish here because I want to make sure that I'm not just going there to manipulate them into 
taking my side, like understanding and seeing my side and changing their ways. Because if that is my goal, I promise you nine and a half times out of 10, it will not go well. It will turn into a power struggle. And that's pretty much how I check myself is like, what is my objective here? Why am I bringing this up to them? If it is because I want to promote uh, a place of intimacy, of connection with my sibling, then yes, that's a green light. Go have the conversation. If you're still in the place where you're like, they should know better. They need to know how I feel because that's not how siblings act toward each other. That's not going to go well. So my suggestion to you is to not yet go until you come to a place where you can find how you're, you can take responsibility for your own emotion. I'm telling myself a story that because they did this, that they don't love me. I feel rejected. I feel not considered, right? Something like that. And so once you have that thought that's in between the facts and your emotion, like what your story is causing you to feel, again, not victim blaming. There's no blame on you. It's a way to empower yourself, okay? Once you have that, then chances are you already feel a lot better because you're stepping into your power there. It's like, oh, okay, I do have a story about this. I don't, you may not ever like what they've done. And I'm definitely not insinuating that you get to a place where you do like what they've done. Not at all. Please, please. yeah, they can do crappy things as we've talked about before. People do crappy things all the time. Everybody, you, me, everybody has done crappy things before. Most of the time, we don't even realize we're doing them. We have thoughts in our head that cause us to think that we are correct in the moment for doing whatever we've done. Everything we do is because of a thought that we're thinking. So when we think about it that way, then it kind of takes the like demonizing out of everybody. If you can get there, that would be excellent because your sibling or whoever has wronged you is only doing what they're doing because of a series of thoughts, causing them to believe that this is the right thing for them to do. I mean, there are times when people do things without considering, but again, still, there's another thought that's there that has them considering that what they're doing is the right thing. So yeah, so get to the place where you can take responsibility for your own emotions. And when you go in to have the conversation with them, know what you are, your objective is, why you're going to have the conversation with them. Maybe it's just simply, listen, I need to set a boundary here. I want to continue this relationship with this person. I don't want to continue this relationship with this person. That's a totally valid conversation too. Whatever your objective is, just know it. And that way you don't also get off track. So whatever it is, I want to continue. I don't want to continue. I just want to let them know because this is an opportunity for me to be clear about how I like to run my relationships, whatever it is, so long as you're not trying to change that. Okay. So when you go to have the conversation, it might be helpful depending, you know, whoever you're talking with, you know the best way to say this, but it's something to the effect of, I want to have a conversation that I think is definitely not going to be comfortable for me. And I can imagine might not be comfortable for you either. If I was in your shoes or whatever, say it however feels the most real for you. But I value this relationship and I want us to fill in the blank, continue our relationship, have closure to the relationship, 
grow our bond, whatever it is, but be vulnerable in that moment and true. Even if you're feeling an emotion, maybe say, I'm feeling super nervous about going into this conversation, but it's worth it. It's worth it for me to put myself out there and to have this with you because I value you, I value us, whatever, that much. It is that important to me. So go in with that buffer, if you will, like something that's just stating what's getting ready to happen. But everybody really, just talking about this earlier, we like predictability. Nobody's being blindsided. You're saying it up front. Look, this conversation, I don't know it's going to be comfortable for either of us, but I value you. I value us too much to not have it. I think that honesty promotes intimacy, however you want to say it. I respect us, especially if your ego is still affected. I respect us enough <laughs> to have this conversation, too much to not have this conversation. Sometimes saying I respect you when you're not respecting what they've done is far-fetched. So you don't have to go that far. Say what is true especially from the get-go. Because if you're not, if you are guarded and if you don't offer up some vulnerability, their walls are going to go up and you're not going to get what you need to get accomplished. And by the way, before I even go any further, I do want to say too that let's say somebody's walls do go up. There is nothing wrong and it's not considered an unsuccessful conversation if you need to break for a little while and be like, all right, let's revisit this. There's nothing wrong with that. In fact, I think that is sometimes the most productive thing to do. Let's circle back on this in an hour, in a day, in a month, whatever. All right. So acknowledged how they might be feeling too, or like how this might not be the most comfortable conversation too, so that they also know that you are considering their side of things. So they immediately that will oftentimes cause them to think, believe that you are considering how they feel in this two-way exchange. All right. Then I have two ways of doing this. If it's something like I was just talking about, they have done something, you have a story about it, it's upsetting you. Like I was just saying, they went out to lunch. Then you want to tell them what it is with facts only, what is bothering you? You went out to lunch on three separate occasions and I didn't know about it. I found out from not you didn't tell me or I didn't find out until so-and-so had to tell me. All that is like hooking them, right? Baiting them. So instead, I found out from blah, blah, blah. Simple as that. Facts and facts alone, okay? Then after you state why you're upset, then you say, the story I'm telling myself is just like you did pregame. What I'm making that mean that you went out to lunch in my brain is that you don't respect me. And that makes me feel hurt. And then let that be. Okay. See how that lands with them. I do have an extra step that you can add in here if it is as cut and dry as the example I'm about to give you. Let's say you, your significant other, you guys just have one car for whatever reason. I actually had one car with my daughter's father for a long time. So you guys just have one car and you have a hearing in the morning and they went to go drop their kiddo off at school. And they told you they would be back by 7 a.m. and you have to be at court at 8 a.m. Let's say 
significant other decided to make a few stops along the way. They went to go get donuts. They went to the grocery store. They were tra-la-lying on the way home, okay? So they didn't show back up to the house until 7.35 in the morning. That's only leaving you 25 minutes to get door to door and there's parking and you live 25 minutes away from the courthouse. So you can't in this situation on the spot, or maybe you say this to them afterwards, you said that you would be here at 7.15. You didn't show up until 7.35. I have court a hearing at 8 a.m. downtown. The impact that this caused me when you did this is that I showed up late to my hearing for my child. Those are all facts. So then you tell them what you were making those facts mean. What I'm making that mean, the story I'm telling myself, is that you do not care about the outcome of the hearing that we had. You did not care about the outcome of mine and my kiddo's reunification process. That you do not consider me before you consider yourself and your desire for donuts. Whatever it is. And this caused me to feel blah, 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 blah. By doing that, you're showing them the impact. You were saying, look, you said you were going to be home, but this time, and you weren't. And this caused me to be late to court. This is my child we're talking about. So it's not like you're ignoring the any pertinent info here. You are supplying it to them, but you're not blaming them. You're just telling them in a very effective way. What they do with it now is an entirely different thing. We don't know. It really depends on who your significant other is in this scenario. I had a very similar situation with my significant other with the last guy with court and the car situation, and it did not go well. <laughs> it was, a, I can laugh about it now, but it was a disaster. I didn't have this work back then, and I didn't say it as effectively as I would now. But whatever they do with it is fine. Now, I know if I was to say that back then, I would have felt good about how I showed up, what I said, what I did, my ability to express what it is that I need, not even just from my significant other, but what I need in general. I need a car. And if they are impeding my ability to use my car, maybe they don't ever take my car again from here on out or from the time that I state that boundary. If you're late with the car again, then I will not allow you to use my car. Whatever it is that's worth it to you that you will follow through with. You are living in true integrity. And here's another thing, is that no matter who we're talking about here, I think it is extremely important to remember that what you're expecting from them, you want them to listen to you, respect you to whatever it is you, that you are doing that as well that you are listening to them, that you are respecting them, even if you feel like they're not respecting you, okay? Because again, that's how you're gonna walk away feeling with your head held high, right? Is if whatever you're expecting from them, you give that to them. And some people will say, yeah, but why do I have to be the bigger person? Why do I have to be the one? Always, I always have to be the one. I can't tell you how many times I said that. How many times I felt that, like it's like in your gut, that's like that turning, like I always am the one. I always am the bigger person. I always am the one that does the thing and tries to lead by example and they never follow. 
with that attitude, nothing goes well. And why not be the one? Why not? It feels better to be the one when you're not expecting them to not be the one. Do you know what I'm saying? Just don't worry about how they're showing up. You just take care of you. You let them know you be the one that loves. You be the one that goes over and above and acts out of love for you, for them, for y'all together, for everybody involved. When you do that, you cannot lose. Because when you're expecting for them to follow you because you've led, by example, if you're expecting them to follow suit, you're going to be really disappointed. So instead, just expect that they won't fall in line, that they won't act in a loving or respectful way. And then first off, you're never disappointed, but also choosing to love always feels better than all the other emotions. Choosing to act from a place of love always feels better. So before I go, because I just said, I just, this was much longer than I thought it was going to be, um, is that I want to give you guys a few little diffusers, if you will, that might help in your conversations over the holidays, okay? One of my favorite ways to go into a conversation with somebody, if you're not following the, the little template that I just gave you, if it's something that you guys are just like having the argument in the moment and it's about whatever it is and you don't have an issue that you wanted to bring to the table, but it's just an, one of those one-off arguments, then you can simply say, please tell me why you're right. And then choose curiosity Okay, allow them and tell them and make sure that you're not saying that in a snarky way, <laughs> but instead to be like, please tell me like everything. Tell me all the reasons why you're right. I want to know. I really, truly want to hear you. And then sit back and let them tell you. Let them tell you. There, there's literally absolutely nothing that can go wrong by you opening up your ears and allowing them to share with you their side. You can only gain knowledge. You can only gain insight. It doesn't mean that you have to agree with them in the end. But when you give people the stage, when you allow them that open place and you're really, truly, really listening without being like, but, or like writing down notes angrily so that you'll remember this point for later so that you can tell them, blah, blah, make your point. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I don't know anything about that. <laughs> but yeah, so... When you give them that space and relaxedly, is that a word? You know what I'm saying? Ask them, like, tell me everything. Tell me why you're right. I want to know. When you come from that place, it's like the other person can't go on the offense or the defense. I mean, they may start, but it's really, it is a little confusing to most people. Like, what? You want me to tell you all the reasons? I tell you, it's a fun little human experiment to do that. Most people are completely taken aback with it, by it. So try that, okay? So tell me all the reasons. Tell me everything, why you're right. Not why you think you're right, but tell me why you're right. I want to know. You can only gain power by doing this. I promise you. It sounds like you wouldn't, but I'm telling you, it's amazing. Okay, so tell me why you're right. Let them tell their story. When they're done, you relay back their story in only facts with no emotion. Can we agree on these facts? They're likely going to say yes if you've done your job, unless they're trying to be whatever. And then you can each have a sentence like, 
Well, what I'm making that mean is that you're prioritizing your kids getting donuts is more important than my relationship with my kid. And then they get a line too. You each get a line. This is the way my coach does it. And then after you each tell your one sentence of story about the facts that you've agreed upon, then put that to bed and you only look for solutions. From now on, this is how we're going to do it moving forward. You get specific on it, but y'all come to like put your heads together and brainstorm how what you're going to do from here. And maybe you don't even have a solution readily available for how you handle the car moving forward, but you can have a solution for how you guys are going to handle y'all moving forward. Okay. If this is somebody that you want to remain in relationship with. So you can get creative with that. You get it, right? So that is the other way to go about doing it. If this is somebody that you're in a relationship, whatever. Yeah, that's just another way to go about doing it. Ways to diffuse it are, I like to say, I can see where you're coming from. Even if you don't agree with what the, that person is saying, you can respond with, I can see why you would think that. That is a valid point you make. There's truth to what you're saying. Doesn't mean that just because there's some truth to what they're saying, that is your truth, okay? If you're the one that's telling the reason why you're upset, you can say, I can see that you disagree with me. Tell me why. Tell me all the reasons why you're disagreeing with me right now. I want to know your side. I want to know where you're coming from. All of those sentences indicate that you care that you are willing to see their side, that you're not only focused on your benefit, that you are the benefit, the outcome for you and you alone. You really do want to have the interaction with them and the connection with them, that you care about what is happening with that, okay? So no matter who you're having a conversation with, those last few different diffusers that I gave you those will always work, whether that's a business relationship, whether that's a personal, whatever. Oh, and by the way, with there's truth to that. If you find yourself getting activated when they are telling their side of the story, remember that if they have said something and they're not following this little formula that I'm giving to you guys right now, if they're not following this, which chances are they are not, okay? They're not supposed to follow anything. This is for your benefit. This is only for you. It can be, unless this is a significant other, you probably really won't even tell anybody that you're following any sort of suggestion or template. But if you feel activated, if you are feeling defensive, whatever they have said toward you about you, there is likely somewhere in you believes that there's an inkling of truth to what they've said. Okay. Or whatever you're in, like you think that they're saying, like if you're reading between the lines of something that they say to you and they say, you're always late. And somehow you made that mean in your mind that you're a bad parent, right? If you get upset with them for that, then somewhere in you, you're questioning that for yourself. I know it's not true. You know, it's not true, but somewhere in you, the shame part of you is already questioning that for yourself. So it's really good to notice, take ownership of what is yours and what is theirs, right? Like really know, oh, the reason this is affecting me is because my brain is telling me that there's truth to that. And so then that's like information for you, things for you to work on if you want to, okay? So hopefully that is helpful during this time of year. That was so much information. Hopefully I got it all in. Yeah, hopefully you can have some less 
difficult conversations, or maybe they're the same difficult, but they're much more productive during this holiday season. Okay. Hopefully you develop more intimacy with those that you choose to spend your time with. Also too, just remember to, I just said, choose to spend your time with. And I just want to, something just came up in me that made me think in the holidays time, we don't always choose to spend time with these people. We just have to spend time with these people. But I want to offer that you don't have to do anything you don't want to do. Okay. So back to like, if a family member is being in your mind, disrespectful, inconsiderate, not sensitive to how you think they should be acting, if they're being assholes, let's just say it, then remind yourself too that like, you don't have to be spending time with them. And pick your battles. Like maybe you don't want them acting that way, but you also want to remain in a relationship with them because maybe they have kids and you love hanging out with their kids. So you do actually want to continue the relationship. Be honest with yourself about that. No, I really want to continue your relationship and here's why, okay? So make sure you're like inspecting all of the areas, all of your, your agenda, right? On all levels. Like, do you want to remain in relationship with them? Why? Because they've got kids that I really like. May not You may not be thrilled with them right now, but you really do want to continue this relationship and the only or the relationship with the kids. You want to know the only way that you can is by remaining in relationship with the parent, right? So pick your battles. If it's worth, make it, make sure that you're empowering yourself where you can and be real honest about your reasons why you're having this conversation and why you want to continue these relationships or not continue these relationships, whatever they are. Those are everything. If you do not like your reasons for doing whatever you're doing, you're going to have a very hard time with all of this, okay? So make sure you like your reasons why you're going to do any of this moving forward, anything you do moving forward, okay? So know your reasons, like your reasons. Okay. All right, guys. Have a wonderful week. Thanks so much for listening today, guys. I'm honored that you chose to share your time with me. If you like what you've been hearing and you want more, come join me in the new monthly membership where we take the concepts that you hear about here and using a logical framework, you learn to apply them to your specific situations, upgrading your thoughts and your life, even while experiencing the grief of alienation. For more information, go to beyondthehighroad.com. See you soon.